Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kukaro. And to be honest, I may or may not publish this episode because this is going to be more of a rant. Uh, and I would, I, and I, it's something that needs to be addressed, but I'm not the most politically minded person. And, and so I don't, um, I don't want to just call this out. Okay, this is an, uh, another quote-unquote pain podcast. And I don't want to just call out and give them the name because I don't think necessarily the people that are running that podcast are bad people. Uh, and the same token, it becomes very difficult for... This may be a little bit of a confusing episode without having the context of what that other podcast was and what the, the specific episode that... Um, that I listened, I was actually, it was a, it was one of you guys. It was a listener who forwarded this episode to me and said, I would like, you know, could you listen to this episode and just kind of give me your thoughts? Um, and it was atrocious. I mean, I mean, I'm going to be flat out. This is, this, this other pod, this is supposed to be a pod, a podcast on pain. It's supposed to be about pain. It's supposed to be using pain science. And, um, this particular episode, apparently, I'm trying to figure out how to do this without, without hurting anybody. I don't want again. I don't want. I don't think these are bad people. I think there is a huge amount of misinformation, and I think there's a huge amount of ignorance out there. But this particular episode uh, of a podcast that is really trying to um, uh, further the talk around pain and pain science, and um, which I give strong credit for, and they and they've been working really hard. It's a newer podcast, but I, I get. Good luck. It's a, we need more and more people doing this because, because the problem's so bad. We could probably have a hundred of us, and and uh, before we even make a significant dent. But supposedly you have this podcast, and and one of their listeners, who was a surgeon, uh, wrote back and said, "I disagree with with your last episode, and it had something to do with emotional pain and blah blah blah, and and um and that's you know." There's physical pain and and I want to provide a different perspective now and they gave him a a uh, so this podcast gave this this surgeon a um, a platform to basically present his opinion and I'm going to put that out present his opinion and this becomes extraordinarily important because what he presented was not based on science okay. It was it was talking specifically about pain pus and sources of pain and his experiences in his clinic, which lo and behold was a surgical based clinic designed to find pain pus generators and to perform surgeries on those. Okay, it did not go into what the research stated. It didn't go what what was beyond anecdotal evidence. It didn't talk about pain and how pain is constructed. It was specifically focusing on this idea, a false idea that is not backed by science, that pain oozes like pus out of structures. What he should have been saying was no susception, which is simply sensory information coming up from the body. Uh, but he, they couldn't even, number one, they didn't challenge him on that because what this surgeon was talking about was really trying to put things in terms of no susception and not Pain, which is very typical in the healthcare world, by the way, uh, and it's particularly among physicians. I'm going to call you guys out and gals if you're listening to this. If you are a physician, we, based on our background in our textbooks, um, we, we miss this all the time. 
we screw up and we assume that nociception is the same thing as pain and they are not the same thing. If you use those words interchangeably, you do not know what you're talking about. Please go out and do some reading or at least go, go through past episodes, go through the pain triangle, contact me. and I will do what I can to help you, but they are not the same thing. But this entire episode was the surgeon talking about how uh, all of these patients that were quote unquote misdiagnosed ended up having compressive injuries where uh, pain pus was oozing from. And lo and behold, he was having all this, I think he even quoted this insane number that 90% of his surgeries were effective when he went in there to, to, to debulk the pain pus or, or release the pain pus nerves, which again is crap because that's not as consistent with the data for the surgeries that they're doing. Um, Oh, God, it just upset me to no end. And and this is a a supposed effort on this thing. So, again, what he was talking about is inputs. But those inputs, those that sensory information from these nerves are not the same thing as pain. And then the general part about that is he's treating persistent pain. And the key thing about understanding nociception that and I know this is going to be over the head for some of these people, but some of you guys, but. Primary nociception, so nerve signals that are coming from the tissues out in your body generally don't last longer than a week at most unless there's some sort of ongoing inflammatory process that is present. And even in those scenarios, the longer that that, that nociceptive information has been conducted, the more it starts, tran- more it starts transitioning from out in the tissues in the body and more up to the spinal cord to the brain itself. Okay, and certainly after three months, which is our, you know, this whatever magic time of which kind of stupid, but we just say after three months that similarly it becomes chronic at a three month mark. If there's if if it's not some, you know, not permanently insulting it by smashing it and smashing it, um, it's not it's no longer a a peripherally generated nociceptive process anymore. Okay, okay. so so again, there's no there's there's no prominent nociceptive information coming from the periphery in this go. However, what this, what this gentleman was saying is how he diagnoses this was he would go in with his magic pain, pain generator needles and inject. And it, you know, if you inject that area and we inject it with local anesthetic and the person says they get better, then we know that the surgery is going to work. BS. Speaking as an interventionally trained pain specialist, what the hell do you think we were trained to do? And what do you think the long-term outcomes associated with our procedures were? They're garbage. Can you get temporary effect? Yes. But we have studies showing that it doesn't matter what you necessarily inject. If I inject local anesthetic in certain scenarios, if I inject preservative-free normal saline, which was inert, it's supposed to not have any active uh, substance with it, or if I inject steroid, which generally takes four to six hours before any physiological effects are present with that steroid, Although I've injected people with steroid and they've jumped off the table and said they were pain-free, and they were, but it wasn't because of the steroid with it. The fact of the matter, these peripheral injections do not diagnose pain generators. And when you look at outside of anecdotal information, I, I research and evidence of which we, I don't mind anecdote. I use anecdote, but if your anecdote is not based on research, then it's garbage. If you're using anecdote that is contrary to published information out there, either it's up to you to start republishing or providing a case control series or some significance that may provide some foundation and back down to that. But he didn't. So this and, and then they did. And the thing that just that really irritated me 
was I understand this is a typical surgeon mindset of pain pus. And his typical surgical idea of, yeah, I know what the data says, but I'm better than the data. And I'm not necessarily mad at that. I get upset and at the ignorance there because it's someone who doesn't know what they're talking about and they're harming patients. But what I'm truly upset about was the hosts of this podcast who are supposed to understand pain, who are supposed to have a background in neuroscience of pain, and they didn't even challenge him on any of this. They didn't challenge him on what he was treating as nociception. They didn't challenge him on what the data is when it comes to these peripheral injections for persistent pain in the diagnostic utility. They didn't challenge him on the effect when, when you're looking at therapeutic effects of these peripheral intervention, when it comes to pain, the peripheral effects are not from the substance being injected, but the central immediate effects. Did we change their attention? Did we change their threat? Did we change their expectations of what that, of what that sensory information is? Do we provide a, 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 a positive therapeutic expectation of gain from it, which is causes a biological cascade, which is associated with improvement of pain, but has nothing to do with the substances injected in there. Also known as placebo, of which there are multiple effects that are involved in that placebo response. It is known, it is well known, it is not just an inert thing that happens. But they didn't challenge him on this. And that upsets me because, again, this is a podcast that is out there that it, it is a newer podcast, but they're publishing fairly frequently. They're getting some traction. And again, I applaud that. I absolutely applaud that. We need more people to go out and publish and produce and talk about pain and understanding pain, that pain is an experience, that it is a construct, that is a, an emergent process, not a sequential process, that has a nociceptive component, but that nociception alone is not determined pain, that pain has cognition, emotion, and sensation, and it is only when you have all three of these that you create pain. We need people to have these discussions. We need people to talk about evidence-based interventions. We need people to talk about therapeutic empowerment. We need people talking about how active-based modalities is how how we can help people get better and stop this management idea that they are stuck, that they are trapped, that there's nothing they can do for pain. But if you cannot challenge when you have a guest on your podcast that is speaking information that is not only factually untrue, but patently untrue and not concordant with the data and science that we have, then you are doing your audience a disservice. And you are because people listen to this podcast and they're getting a conflicting message about what pain is and what it isn't that supports this old biomechanical viewpoint that pain oozes like pus out of structures that has not worked for the past 50, 60, 75 years and shows worsening effects of people. That is not a service. And your job, if you are an educator, is to make sure you are providing information that is genuine that is helpful to your audience and that you know what you're talking about. So when someone presents something that isn't true and isn't fact-based and isn't based on the science, that you challenge them on it. And you don't have to do it in a, in a bad way. And you don't have to be a jerk about it or get upset. Like I have a tendency to get really upset. So it's hard for me to, there's a, there's a reason I don't have a lot of guests on straight shot health talk is because I, <laughs> there are few, very few people that I would want to have on, um, because I get so worked up about this stuff. But I did. If I had someone that came onto my podcast, though, and put forth nonsense like this, you can guarantee that um, I would try to either actively address it in that episode, or if I recognize at a later date, and I'm going to say this from my own experience, because I've had guests on here before who I don't necessarily believe with their quote-unquote pain science. I think their process 
for um, uh, helping people with pain actually does work and 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 it makes sense. I just don't think the foundation, the the reason for why it works is the way that they put forth on it. But um, I, I I would never when when something is so blatantly untrue not challenged on it. and then to get them a platform that supports us and say this kumbaya stuff of we're all trying to do the right thing we are no we're not people who are talking in pain pus talking about pain pus generators and doing injections and <laughs> and doing surgeries and I, this was this was the other part it was at the end of this episode it's like oh my surgeries always work uh, um but, but what happens sometimes is that uh that one pain source gets fixed and then they might start having pain somewhere else and then we have to do another surgery to fix that pain source and um we can extrapolate on that because once that pain pus generator and then we do another surgery for another pain pus generator and another one and another one another one which is the typical medical modality the typical way that we view this it makes a lot of money because you keep doing stuff over and over again because you're not addressing any of the central effects you're not understanding that pain is a construct um and they didn't they didn't even challenge that so again folks um be careful of what you listen to if you if you are an educator be sure you understand pain and if you if you're someone who believes in pain pus, um, go out and research your beliefs a little bit more, and start look and, and and start looking at what the data shows. Yeah, because if you are continuing to pra- practice in a way that is the that is anecdotal, in the absence or quite it, it is or in the quite opposite to what published information is. There's a problem that you probably need to be aware about and at least um, be willing to uh, have some insight on. And with that, folks, I am sorry that this was such a rant. Um, again, I, 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 this, this particular podcast, I think they're trying to do good things. Uh, but you, 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 first of all, you need to know what you're talking about. Second of all, you need to have confidence in what you know. And third, you got to challenge when people put up ridiculous things because you're ultimately by leaving things out there like this, you're harming, um, you're harming your audience by, by providing a platform for, for evidence that, or for, for someone that that really the evidence doesn't support that it is reinforcing a failed, um, a failed pathway of therapy that is widespread, uh, in, um, and, and unfortunate. And with that folks, uh, until next time, stay well.